Welcome back to the Daily Thunder Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Woods. I'm here with my guy, Spencer Davis. How are you, man? Man, I'm doing great. I'm uh, excited to talk some Thunder basketball. It is Thursday evening. Oklahoma City played last night. Great game against the Pacers. We're going to get into that. Uh, You may be wondering where Brandon is. Brandon is a little under the weather. You may be sending in some thoughts uh, via written statement here in a little bit. Uh, We will uh, will see about that. A real watch this space situation may come to you with some uh, rebar thoughts. Um, But uh, for now, it's a a two-man game, Uh, Spencer and I. So Spencer, obviously last night, a lot of things that were encouraging a lot of guys to get excited about take it wherever you'd like to go who do you want to start with first ooh um i think we have to talk about uh usman jang first right sure i'd um, love to i mean either him or chat is probably the headliner um but i mean just what he was able to do i think that was his best game as a professional basketball player um i know he had some good games in the nba last year Probably had some really great games in the G League as well. Um, but 22 points, nine rebounds, six assists, made three from three or four from three, including some like ISO Paul George type three pointers where he's taking it off the dribble and just rising up and hitting nothing but net. Um, just a really impressive performance for a guy that I think needs to have a really big summer if he is going to stay on track to like you know, being a, a core piece of what the Thunder are moving forward. Um, and especially with the way, I think, you know, the last time we talked about Oos on the pod, uh, it was not, you know, at least I'll speak for myself. I was a little bit worried. Um, I think I, you know, was, I think I described myself as low to medium worried um, mm-hmm. because of the, the first game that he put up in Salt Lake. And, you know, he's, he has answered all of those questions, if not more, you know, as much as you can in a summer league setting, it still needs to translate to the NBA, but, um, everything is working right now. The shooting is good. Um, the, you know, I think the, the passing has, has translated and certainly translated, you know, as a, uh, as a connective tissue passer in that game against Indiana. And, you know, the, we're starting to see a little bit more physicality and just, you know, him, knowing how to use his body when he gets into the paint um, and, you know, and being aggressive and getting to the rim. And those are really the, the key things for us. I think um, right now, especially, you know, the, the shooting is, is so big. And other than if you, if you remove that, that first game he, uh, in, in summer league, he's shooting 50% from beyond the arc. It's not sustainable, but it's, it's still a really good sign um, that, that he's made some strides in that area. I thought the passing was really impressive as well. The the highlight play, I think, was the the in and out dribble, yeah, through the, through the lane for that dunk. Is that Kobe Brown that he cooked, yeah, is that who that was, yeah, I believe so. And a legit rookie, you know, I mean, he was, yeah, that's some first round buzz, yeah. And you know, I definitely, I think every Thunder fan that's that's either in or out on on Jang or as the broadcast like to say, Ding. Or Jing, um, we got we got the full we got the full bingo card last night. But I thought I think everybody's really wanting to see him be more aggressive. I think that's the first uh, thing most people would say as far as what you'd want to see different. Um, and I think he's like you're saying he's learning 
he's, I think he's learning how, how he doesn't have to necessarily play super physical to still be functional just because of yeah. how tall he is. Like he's just so, he's yeah. just such a big guy. And I think he's learning that it doesn't have to be like shoulder into guys to be deemed physical. He can, he can just command his own space and, uh, and it'd be really functional for him in getting to the basket. Um, exactly. And he's got but, good touch around the rim. You know, we're seeing that. Yeah. 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 We're see- we, we've been seeing that too. So that's, that's helpful. The, the in and out dribble into that, into that dunk. And he, and we were talking about it during the game last night, but he's had a couple different drives where he went up as strong as you'd want him to and just gotten fouled. Um, yeah. And it, those are, those are encouraging, just as encouraging as, as the ones that he does complete. Cause he's really taking it there with the intent to score and not pulling up from like, you know, six to eight feet for a, a lob or, uh, or a, a floater. It's more, it's more aggressive, more assertive. And, uh, I think that's gonna, that's gonna bode well. I, it would be nice if the free throws start falling, um, especially if he's going to start taking it to the basket in that way. Um, it's, it's weird because from three, the touch is incredible. Like the arc is great. Um, and then from the free throw line, it's not as consistent, not as, not as in place. Um, but hopefully that kind of irons itself out. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I have not been paying a ton of attention to his free throw mechanics. Um, (laughs) But you're right. Like, I mean, that is, that is an area where he needs to get better. Like I'm looking at it now. He shot 40% from the line in the G league last year. Um, at least in the regular season. Um, although in the, it looks like in the showcase cup, which is, um, a, a slightly larger sample of games, he was at 70%. So who knows? Um, I'm, I'm not too worried about that. I would rather him be, you know, take after Kenrich Williams and be yeah. a better three point shooter. Um, Eventually the free throw thing does need to, to figure out, you know, he needs to figure that out. So he's not a liability um, at the end of games, but yeah, I mean, just in general, like the game is like, especially in the second half of that Pacers game, you know, the, the term too good for summer league gets thrown out. And I'm not saying he is, but like the way that the game slowed down for him, you, you could have made that argument for, you know, the 10, 15, 20 minute stretch of, of time there. Like he, he just got, he got to anywhere he wanted on the court. He was picking out any pass he wanted to hit. Um, it was just a, a really impressive showing. Now it, it did help that the Pacers just decided to not guard Chet Holmgren in, <laughs> in the second half. They just, they were going to put a guard on him or have nobody on him in the paint. And that was a, that was a bold strategy by them. Um, but Oost made him pay for it a lot. So I credit to them. I think they employed Jared Butler to stop Chet Holmgren for, uh, for stretches. <laughs> they just were counting on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I like Jared Butler. I, 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 I do too. I like Jared Butler. I'm not so, trying to, I'm not yeah, trying to pop slander him. for Jared Butler. Yeah. Not trying to pop him too much. He's trying, he's working hard out there, but, um, I did enjoy Ooze. Like, you know, I was kind of, I was kind of screaming at the TV all night last night, hoping for just give me Chet at the five and Ooze at the four with three perimeter guys. And, it seems like it's uh, like the last thing that they go to. It's not, it's not really something yeah. they're going to see a bunch or at least right now. Um, and there, there are reasons for that, but um, 
but I I thought Chet as the screener for Ooze opened up so many interesting options. Um, we get to see Jang as a passer, and and really it wasn't like they were lobs or like traditional uh looks in pick and roll it was kind of delayed and uh and jang just making a good read and and he's so tall like he's able to just throw it over everything um which is yeah. very encouraging i another thing about jang and we've talked about this before but he's just not going to be asked to do a whole lot more than what we saw in that game uh in his minutes with the the main team like if he's out there, let's say he replaces not not like long-term replaces, but let's just say he's out there with the starters minus Dort or minus yeah. Josh. He's just he's not going to be asked to do much more than what we saw last night and to, to see him like excel on the offensive end and be like imagine imagine the chaos of for the defense with a a Shea or a Josh or a Jalen pick and roll with Chet if the yeah. option if the option is we're just going to help off of that 610 guy who can put the ball on the floor and shoot it that's that's a really fun that's a really fun option for for uh for mark and for the entire team and he's like he's always been a serviceable defender and like yesterday he's in passing lanes again his frame is just causing a lot of problems for guys getting in the lane. He's able to guard down and all of that is going to keep him on the floor, get him more minutes. If the offense is anywhere near what we saw last night and the shooting is somewhere high thirties from three, that's a huge win in year two, huge win. Yeah. I would take mid thirties from three. I agree. Um, agreed. But yeah, I mean, like, and here's the thing about Jang, his handle is, is actually really good for yes. a guy that's six ten. Yes. I mean, he keeps it pretty tight. He can get low. Like he's, he's pretty good at that. Now he's not necessarily, I don't think his first step is good enough that he's like going to be an advantage creator necessarily, but he's, it, it's good enough that he's going to be able to, you know, cause some matchup issues. If you just put, you know, who's a defensive liability um, that like, you know, a, a, just a big defensive liability in the league, you, you know, you couldn't necessarily do that. Like a, maybe like a, a washed version of Joe Ingles. Like you can't put a guy like that on Ooze because he's going to be able to, you know, first off Ingles is going to have to close out on his three pointer. And then Ooze is going to have a good enough handle to beat that close out. And then he knows, you know, he's going to, he knows the game well enough to make a good read and, and hit a shooter or, you know, or get all the way to the rim, whatever it may be. There's just a lot of different ways that the Thunder can attack that. And then he's he's very good in transition. Um, he is. Especially as a passer, you know, good outlet passes, you know, knows when to, to move the ball. And I'm, you know, I, I, I think last time we talked, um, I was probably a little bit too harsh on his transition finishing because it was right after that Utah game where he missed a few. Yeah. He's been a lot better at that in Summer League, um, you know, the game since then. I think that could end up being a strength, especially on a team that does not necessarily have, you know, many ab above the rim finishers other than, you know, well, and Chet is not really going to be that in transition. Um, it's really just Jade out of Jang. 
when when the rock like what do the rockets do with shangun against a front court of shangun's Chet? a great example yeah like, shangun's against, a great, yeah against chet and jang like they don't have very many good options for him i mean they put him on chat right and just tell him to get underneath him yeah you know if chat's like in the high post or something um but if you can get chat spaced out a little bit Get Chet, get get a three ball going, then Chet's going to be able to beat that closeout. Well, wow. and Chet's and Chet's going to be your primary screener, and like the more the yeah, more for, sure. for, for getting for getting Shangun and, and pick and roll. Um, the, the I I just think that front court would would cause a lot of problems for a lot of guys, uh, not just Shangun, but a lot of guys. Um, like yeah, like what's Isaiah Stewart doing with either of those guys? I really yeah. I really like James Wiseman. Anyone? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really like what those two guys could do together with the with the three main uh with the three main guards. Um all right. Big Oost game. Loved loved what we saw. Um I would assume we'll see him again tomorrow um against the Wizards. Uh I w- I would think he'll play. Um that's just a guess. So. that's just a guess. Um all right, who do you want to go to next? I think we've got to talk Chet. Yeah, I think yeah, Chet for sure um, has just gotten better every single game that he's played um, incrementally. So the the you know blocking five shots as when he's pretty much playing power forward, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. is is pretty crazy. Um, I'm still not really worried about that the three ball isn't falling. I I think they'll figure that out. Do you think that's um, a product of of just not having his legs, or or do you think it's something else? I mean, it could just be small sample. It could be, um, yeah, it could just be, you know, his legs aren't quite there. Um, I think he, I think he's probably working through some stuff with a shot right now. And I only say that because he's, he's much, even from like game one of summer league, he's been much more eager to attack a closeout than he has been to shoot like a sort of open three pointer. Um, his release is also pretty slow right now that, you know, they'll get that sped up. I think, um, I think he's probably just working through some stuff with it, but he has enough of a track record that I'm not really worried um, about the three pointer. And especially, you know, from the center position, like he doesn't need to be shooting 39% for him to be, you know, an above average spacer for what his role is going to be. Even as a rookie, you know, if he's, if he's mid thirties next year, uh, I think that's, that's a win. And he strikes me as a guy that is going to be a bit of a rhythm shooter. A lot of bigs are, and you know, get him out there playing with Shay and Jalen and Giddy. He's going to have some more open looks. Um, and I think that'll come. I think it's, it's still like kind of slept on just how much space he's going to have, like how much yeah. time he's going to have to get those like top of the key looks off. Um, even if they're, even if they're not threes. Um, yeah. I know, I know you're a big, uh, get Chet a midi guy. Man, let's talk about that because it's yeah. it's it's a big deal, um, and I, I think it's going to happen. I'm not. In, in fact, he hit a mid range the other night. It wasn't really off one of these one of the actions that I'm thinking about. But like so many times in summer league, he has had a three pointer that he could have taken, choose to do a pump fake, pump fake. The defender bites, and he attacks the closeout, and he does. You know, his handle is not really good enough to get all the way to the rim, even in summer league. So. You know, he's done, he's gotten to the room a few times, but for the most part, it's a turnover or, you know, where he passes out of it. He's got to be able to attack a closeout, one dribble, pull up, 
you know, from the nail or even a little bit further from the nail, which is a shot that like Kevin Durant murdered with for so yeah. many years, right? Like yeah. you can picture that exact action. Um, and you know, all the, all the great big forward types that can shoot have that sort of thing in their bag. And I think that's coming, but he doesn't have it yet. And it's, I think it's interesting that he's not even really trying that yet. You know, he'd rather try to get all the way to the rim. Um, in summer league, which is fine, you know, try stuff. But um, I think it's clear that that's not that, that the handle is is a few years away from being where it needs to be, where he can like attack a close out from the top of the key and then get all the way to the rim. Yeah, the 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 shot would just make life a lot easier for him, and yeah. I think it would, um, you know, it would cut down a little on the maybe the potential, you know, wear and tear of him at, you know, for sure. Constantly he, challenging the rim. And he's got the touch for that to be like a dang near 50% shot. Oh right? yeah. Like, I mean, the, like, talk about, I think talk that, about that's going to be a really touch. efficient option. Yeah. Talk about the, the, his free throw touch is phenomenal, which is why I'm yeah. not super worried about the three pointer. I think it's just a matter of time and in getting, getting some more, you know, core strength, lower body strength back. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, that's a, it's going to be a really efficient shot for him. Yeah. And then, I mean, do you want to talk about his defense? Uh, would love to Dream, <laughs> I mean, been, I've been dreaming about it. Like the defense, sleep, is, I'm still seeing him at the rim. I mean, it's, it's as good, if not better than advertised. And it's, you know, it's not just the, the, the block shot. It's, I mean, just the, the way he guards pick and roll actions is beautiful. Like, yeah, he's he's going to change everything about the way that the Thunder plays defense. Um, I think we should track it the first week of the season. He had, I mean, he had five blocks last night. I bet he's changing or eliminating, as in, like they're just not even attempting a shot. Oh close yeah, to, close to fifteen shots a game. Yeah, I mean, so many times a guard will will dribble into the paint and then just peel out, right? Um, yeah. That, yeah, and that was the thing that made me so mad last year in the uh, in the Kenny Lofton game that Chet had last year. It's like, yeah, Kenny Lofton backed him down and scored six points on him. But how many times did Memphis's guards not even attempt a shot or a floater? Like, it was crazy. Um, and we're talking about a burly boy in Kenny Lofton. Oh, and, and this year there was there was no such Kenny Lofton game. He didn't even let him have that. So I don't right. think Kenny scored on him a single time. What did you think about uh, the? What did you think about how he stood up to to Jarris? I mean, we we both love Jarris. We did, yeah. Um, it made me a little bit worried for Jarris, to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jarris, you know, that was kind of a a. a um, a knock on Jarris was like the lack of physicality in the restricted area. Uh, yeah. and I, 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 do, I do think we, we saw that. Um, I'm not really worried because he's so big. Like I, I think he's just going to figure it out, but uh, no, yeah. The way he guarded Jarris was great. Um, I mean, Robert Woodard tried to do some stuff on chat that, that ended very poorly. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that coming from a mile away too. It was like, Oh man, Robert Woodard's going to try to earn himself a contract here. And, uh, Chet blocked that with his wrist. I I'm just amazed at the at the timing, how much he seems to just love like 
blocking shots. I know that sounds weird. Yeah. You've been doing it his whole life, but like it just seems like such a chore and there's such a downside to it. Um, it's, it can, it, for a lot of guys, it can be a no win scenario trying to, like, case in point, Jay Will. Like, I think his, like, for last year, our only, our only, like, once they get to the restricted area, our only rim protection was a, a charge call. And yeah, it's more like floor protection. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's rim protection, just not very traditional. And having that back there, it's, it's crazy. Like, I think they've got, yeah. I think they've got the makings of like, if they were top, you know, if they were, you know, around league average to a close, you know, creeping closer to 10th in defense last year, I just, I think the sky's the limit for what they could be adding a guy like Kaysen to the mix on the perimeter. And then if Jang is for real and then you get Chet as well, um, I, I just think they're going to be competent, if not awesome, on defense for the whole game. And we're not, and we haven't even talked about Kenrich Williams, like another guy yeah. who is probably going to see uh, rotation minutes. Like they're going to put out uh, some real, some real defense. Yeah. I mean, and Jalen Williams is the, you know, J Dub is in his Dort era, apparently, yes. in terms yes. of adding weight. Um, I mean, he's he's going to be a guy that I think eventually you want to be good enough to guard the other team's best player, uh, which I think will happen. And then, what yeah, does that Shea, what does that mean long term? What does that oh, mean? What does that mean for the team long term? I mean, it just makes everything a lot easier, right? Because um, you don't necessarily. And I'm not trying to trade Dort, all right, but if like the team got too expensive or you wanted to make a move with Dort's contract, it means that you can do that without really missing a beat. Right, because the main utility of Dort is he's going to shut down the other team's best player, uh, especially down the stretch. You know, he's probably the best fourth quarter ISO guy on defense in the entire league. And if you've got a guy in Jalen Williams that can do that, or even like ninety percent of that, while bringing while scoring twenty points a game or something like that, it just makes roster building a lot easier. Um, I don't think we're close to that yet in terms of what it would mean for Dort. Uh-huh. But it just it just gives you a lot of flexibility because I think you know eventually you want you probably don't want Che for as as big of a load as he's going to have on offense. You don't really want him guarding even the other team's second best perimeter player. Yeah. I think in a perfect world it would be third best. Now you also just drafted Kaysen Wallace, so there you go. Right, <laughs> like you it, you could have Jalen and Kaysen guarding the other two te- the other team's best two perimeter players. Could throw Shea on whoever, mix him in if there's foul trouble, somebody's hurt or whatever. You do have a, a guy in Shea who's six foot six with a seven foot whatever wingspan and can do a job, um, but it's not plan A. If Kaysen and J Dub are both like long term around forty percent, maybe even a b- little above forty percent <laughs> from three. Holy yeah. smokes! Uh, yeah, that way, especially if Jalen's doing some ISO stuff. Yeah, yeah, which I think he's going to start doing. Is there? So we just watched Shea make first team All NBA, um, and the the degree to which you believe in that, like what, how, like how, how strong first team NBA is last year compared to it is yeah yeah to, to other years like that's up for debate but 
we just watched him have one of the best guard seasons in the league. What is the percentage that Jada becomes this team's best player? Oh, I, I think very low, right? Uh, you think? Do you, would you say it's less than five percent? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I mean, I mean, I think Shea is like, and I'm not somebody who because like, I'm having some. I'm having some made, thoughts. I'm having some thoughts. I'll say that. Wow. Okay. <laughs> if uh, I agree that it's very low, I'm just having some thoughts. Yeah. I mean, look, it's not impossible. No, four years ago, no one ever thought Shea was going to be this good. Um, I'm pretty sure the first time I ever did a Daily Thunder podcast or anything um, like this, I said that I thought Shea was a shooting guard and like the second best player on a good team. And like both of those things are super wrong. So, uh, you know, Jalen is on a crazy trajectory, right? Like what we what he did last year, it, it seems like he's like in this, you know, Donovan Mitchell, um, Kawhi Leonard territory in terms of being like a mid first round pick that just explodes and is going to be a perennial all star. Like those, yeah. those kinds of things don't happen very often. But and and I will say I'm also not someone who thinks Shea will necessarily ever be first team All NBA again. Like I think Shea could have a phenomenal remainder of his career, could win a couple titles hopefully, and never be first team All NBA again. It, it, you know the stars just might not, not align in that way. Mm-hmm. Would you rather yeah. have Would you rather have Jalen Brown or Jalen Williams um, for the next three three years? Uh, just in a vacuum, or like, are we including contracts? Uh, no, just in a vacuum. <sighs> Man, you're really putting me on the spot. It's, I mean, I feel like a homer saying Jalen Williams, right? Like any, like any non-Thunder fan would definitely say Jalen Brown. I mean, he he's for the last three years, he's averaged you know mid twenties points per games. Last year, twenty six point six on good efficiency, and he's a good defender. I think it's. I think this year, if it's a one year, yes, I I, I would. It's a no brainer. Uh, he's only twenty seven, though. I mean, I don't know. Right, but and Jalen Williams is older than you know. He's, he was an old rookie. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't pre- know. I, 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 your, your, your thoughtfulness towards it is, uh, is, is heartening. You want uh, me to read you Jalen Brown's, Jalen Brown's rookie stats? Yeah. They're not very impressive. Uh, <laughs> 6.6 points per game. How many, how many points did Jalen Williams average last year? I think we finished in the mid, te- mid to high teens. Uh, 14.1. Um, Jalen Brown averaged 14 and a half points a second year, 13 points his third year, and then took off in year four. Um, which, which is two. So basically because of the age difference, Jalen Williams's second year will be similar to Jalen Brown's third year in terms of age. I guess Jalen Brown is also an old rookie. Um, and I think Jalen Williams is probably going to score 20, you know, maybe, 18, 19, 20 points per game this year. You think that's him, you think that's second on the team? Yeah. Yeah. I I think I think uh I think he'll be second on the team in scoring, and I think he will approach 20 points per game. Which would put him well above the Jalen Brown trajectory for what it's worth. 
I wonder if that puts him above the Paul George trajectory. It probably does. I mean, if Paul George was such a weird prospect, um, because he was basically a post player at Fresno State. His highlights are really funny. Those just that, playing like that first year of Paul George in the playoffs was unbelievable. He Paul George did not average more than twelve points per game until year three. Um, and he was an all star in year three. Wow, that's exciting. I'll just say it. That's so. exciting. Um, all right. Uh, I don't. I don't know if we even talked all that much about Chet based on how good he was. Um, <laughs> we just sitting talking about Jada. <laughs> all roads lead to Jada. What do you think of the? What do you think of the added? The added weight. The added muscle. From Chet. Um, no, from sorry, from Jada. Oh, we're just we're like, still just not talking yeah, about yet. Yeah. The the viral the viral photo that everyone's freaking the, out about. The steroid photo? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not making any accusations. That's what J Dub said he was gonna be drug tested. Hey, his, his, his words. Was. His words. Yeah. Um I think it's awesome. I mean he looks <laughs> he looks he looks great. Uh like he in some ways he looks like prime Harden. Um, yeah. just you know, Harden was, you know. I guess about that same build, right? Um, or is, you know, you hope that Jalen takes care of his body a little bit longer. Um, and we have no reason to think that he's not so that he can have, you know, a longer prime than, than Harden. Had. But yeah, physicality wise, I'm all for it. Like he needs to, you know, if he's going to, if he is going to score 20 points per game this year, he needs to get to the line more than two and a half times per game, which is what he did last year. Uh, that needs to be like five or six times. And, um, yeah, adding adding physicality is going to help his body hold up. Um, I'm all for it. Remember when um, when LeBron went back to Cleveland that first year, summer of '15, and um, like <laughs> immediately like trimmed like trimmed way down. And, yeah, and like the like the diet of like I am not playing the four, not doing it. <laughs> And uh, it, seems, it seems like J Dub is like he put he he took he took all of the all of the stuff that LeBron didn't eat and was like, bring it to me, give it to me, I will play the four. It's a, you know it's gonna happen right like he's gonna be the starting four. I don't know if it'll be long term or not. I would you know maybe Jang we talked about him earlier maybe he'll be yeah. so good that he knocks Dort out of the starting lineup. And uh, or maybe Dort, you know, sprains his ankle and is out for a couple of weeks, and we see Jang as the one who's inserted into the starting lineup. Um, that would be interesting. Can we just talk about mm-hmm. how funny it would be if that scenario played out for whatever reason Dort wasn't playing, and we were like, okay, here we go, Jang, and then it was Poku. <laughs> you know, I would accept that because I thought you were—I thought you were going to say it would be the other Jalen Williams. Uh, um, well, see. That, that would about, that might be a little more dark, I guess. Um, or Usman Garuba, <laughs> the other Usman. It was the, it was just the wrong one. <laughs> the wrong the wrong Usman. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Presty Presty's or 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 Mark, either one is like, yeah, Usman's gonna start, and then five minutes before the game, it's like Garuba. Um. <laughs> I will say, I think Chet is going to be the five in the regular season. I know there's been, you know, some people have been 
worried about that. And I, I think you're one of them. Um, I think that they just had like Jalen Williams started how many games for this team last year? Like he has to start in summer league. It's a non-negotiable. If you're going to have yeah. playing summer league, yeah, Jalen Williams is starting. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, and I, so, I'm, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I'm worried about the regular season. I think I'm just more annoyed that like, yeah, we don't get to see Chet at the five as much as we'd like. Um, that I, think I was that's, annoyed that's when it. Jerry was the five against Indiana. Oh. That was that was annoying. Oh. <laughs> A couple of guys that like, like we kind of like we know what, and I'm fine. Like Jre getting minutes by all means. He needs to like for sure. He needs to run around. Like we need to see. Um, we saw him running around. around all that. We sure did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but like Jay will like I feel like. Not to not trying to limit him, but I feel like we are very aware uh, of of the player that he is, and uh, hope obviously that's you know we we're hoping for the best and tons of improvement. But like, I just don't know that we need to see him to find anything out. But again, all good, just yeah. more more so. But I agree with you. Like, chess the center. It, it seemed like coming out of this uh come you know leaving the last season we knew what the starting unit was going to be going into this coming fall um with yeah. the five like you're just sliding him in with your four best guys um and and running it and i i think that's i think they're going to be able to play really fast they're going to be a really fun transition team i think giddy is going to eat in transition like if he's going to be able to rebound the same way, like if, if he's still, he's probably not going to average close to 10 again, but like if he's going to get like seven or eight rebounds a game, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for him to just go. And he's going to have a lot of guys around him that, uh, that are going to be threats and one being a vertical threat in transition that, you know, we've, I will even even Giddy has said like I'm not a very good lob passer and I'm just gonna like speak it over him. He's great at it. We just haven't we just I haven't sandbagging it. We, yeah, yeah, we just right? haven't given him very many options. Uh he he hasn't he has had zero players to throw lobs to. Um yeah. so yeah, I'm I'm very much looking forward to to Giddy and transition with with those four guys. And and a little little transition here, maybe case in, in place of Dort with those guys, like could be uh could give you an even better threat in the corner in those situations. Oh, so is Case and Wallace good now? I think he's pretty good. I think he's pretty good. I'm just yeah. I just in case you want to offer a mea culpa, I'm just I'm clearing the I do. I need to. I need to. And and Spencer, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even just going to apologize to him, but also to his family. Um, I'm sure they're great people. So to the Wallaces, I had a bit of an overreaction on draft night. I think I was expecting a different name. And uh, hand up, that's on me. Um, <laughs> it took about. It took about one half of summer league game one and and i see the vision i'm in and uh and i'm also sorry i'm in and i'm sorry 
So um, please. Uh, so that's been his best half so far. He has not. He has not topped that half yet. It has, but but the that. but the apology remains. It yeah. is into it is into the record, and uh, and what's the Greg line from the uh, congressional hearing? If it is, oh. so so it will be. I'm gonna look it up because it's just too good. Uh, um, but yeah, my uh, and and this is more. I hate that Brand is not here to to sulk because this was you know this is his guy, and uh, he's been he's been in my ear uh, since the draft of you know, this is this is a player that you're going to get excited about. It's not going to take very long. Here are the things. I know you wanted this guy. I know you wanted this guy. He can do some of those things, but he can also do some of these things that those guys can't. Um, so, um, you know, hand up to Brandon as well. I should probably apologize to the Rabar family as well. Um, that might be yeah. a little over. <laughs> he'll, he'll take, he'll take it in stride. He'll take it in stride. But yeah, he's been, he's no. been good. He's been good. And, and yeah, I, it's I really translatable, I've, right? Like yeah. it's, it didn't, you know, it takes, it takes like three possessions of watching him guard where it's like, yeah, he's going to probably be involved in just about every defensive possession he's on the floor for um, very uh, heady and long wingspan, very usable. Um, and then another guy that when he's in passing lanes, a ton, he's getting his hands in for, for strips. Like he would have been a phenomenal like defensive back. I mean, he's constantly um, after yeah. the ball and in those situations, he's another guy who can pick up a loose ball and go the length of the floor and be a serviceable guy in transition as, as the guy with the ball. So I'm, I'm excited about Kaysen. I pray the shooting, like the shooting form looks, looks repeatable from everywhere, like from 15 feet out of rhythm, 12 feet on the baseline out of rhythm three point line in rhythm. It, it looks the same. And that's really all you can ask. In my opinion, at this stage, seeing a guy hitting shots with repeatable form, um, very fluid, not like it's, it's, it's very natural. Um, yeah. And I think that's very encouraging. There are guys that get to this level and it's like, how did you, how did you get here? Like with that motion, how did, yeah. How did that happen? And he's like, he's what I think more people would come to this level of a basketball looking like as far as their shooting form. Um, it's very natural and there's yeah, no polish. Hitches. Yeah. No hitches. It's very smooth. Um, a big fan of that. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm in on, on Kaysen. I'd love to see him as well play tomorrow. Um you know, you could see some some Koulibaly Wallace uh, matchups, which would be fun. Could see some Jang Koulibaly matchups, which would be fun. Um, the Spider Man meme, yeah, no doubt. So, um, and just to touch on to to touch on the draft, are you more in the in the vein that they were trying? They were the team trying to get up to seven for. Koulibaly, or do you, you or do you not think that they were if that was really their route that they might have been going up for someone else? Yeah, this is controversial, right? Because it was I think it was Jeremy Wu who first reported that the Thunder were trying to get up to seven, um, 
And that's why the Wizards and the Pacers did that weird deal where, um, what was it? The Pacers moved back one spot, I think. Um, yes. The Wizards took Kulabali at seven. Yeah. It's, I think they were probably going for Jairus Walker, but I could understand, you know, it's one of those things we'll never know. Um, but by the end of the draft process, I did not think they were, I, I would have been surprised if they were that interested in Kulabali just because I, I don't think he was quite, you know, he, I think he was getting credit for being more skilled than he was, or at least from the tape that I had seen. Um, the athleticism off the charts, right? Would have been really, he looks great. I think he would have been a really fun Thunder player. Happy to have Kaysen, but whatever. I, I, I think some of the passing that we've seen from Jairus, like, I think he would have been such a good fit. Uh, oh, yeah. And I, yeah. I think that's who their target was. But I, I don't feel super strongly about that. Like, if you think they were going up for Kulabali, then, you know, maybe, maybe Sam will answer that in a memoir someday. And it's easy, probably easy to connect the dots because it was Dawkins that went up. And um, if, you know, a lot of people were probably thinking if Dawkins felt he had to go up even just one spot to get him, maybe it was because he knew of another GM that he was working for like two weeks before uh, that was also interested. So um, possible. I think that's, I, I like if I had to guess, I would guess that that's the root of of where that's coming from, because it's not like anybody ever gets anything legitimate out of Presty. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm hoping to see Kaysen play tomorrow and get a little bit of that matchup. Um, defensively, are you are you seeing enough out of Kaysen that he could play? Do you see him defending up to like threes? No. And that's something that Brandon has said um, that I don't quite agree with. Um, I mean, we'll see maybe like he's got a six nine wingspan, uh, you know, and it's the NBA where like you, most teams switch everything. Right. So like, I think he would hold his own against some threes. Um, but I think you probably want him guarding ones, right? Like, and maybe some twos, but um, you know, when I, when I specifically with the thunder, I think about him guarding like Trey young, which is mm-hmm. somebody who Dort has issues with. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, a guy like Devin Booker, who's who's a two, but like is just so slippery and like it doesn't really let you bully him in a way mm-hmm. that like, you know, like James Harden was always the guy that Dort really did well on because Harden wanted to be physical and so did Dort. You know, Booker and Trey, and there's some other guys that are not quite that same style. And I think Kaysen is, is going to be really good against that kind of prototype. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think he'll mostly guard ones and then okay. maybe some twos. And then, you know, things get chaotic out there, right? Like he could end up guarding some threes. Um, but I, I think he's mostly going to be a guard defender. A guy I'm looking forward to watching him to, to def, uh, watching him defend. This is probably a little random, but CJ McCollum is another guy who I feel like yeah. is fits that mold and he's very, I th- it seems like he's always been someone that gives them problems. And, uh, and I mean, he's Dort's guarded guys like him, Jamal Murray very well in the past. Yeah. But, um, I think like Kaysen's a, a really fun player to, to guard. I'm, I'm hoping he gets to the school of, of like avoiding, like swimming around screens a little, like being able to go higher, like going above the screen 
and still staying lateral, which is kind of a superpower of Dort. Like, I don't really understand how a guy that big is able to do that, but I'm hoping that that that's something that Dort <laughs> shares with the yeah. You know, he's got the best teacher in the world for it, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's... I don't understand how Dort does it, but I would love to see Kaysen pick up on some of that because just he's like he's able to recover very well. The wingspan is very useful in that in that regard, but um if he's able to like get over the screen and rely on like, cause obviously if, you know, if it's Chet or if it's Jada or whoever, like they're going to be able to really cause some damage in those situations. So um, that's something I'm also hoping to see Kaysen pick up more of uh, during the regular season. They added so much shooting and defense this offseason. They did. Like, like, you know, and Mitchich is, an, is a guy that is probably not going to be a plus defender, but is a, is a great shooter. Um, and then Chat, Kaysen, like, you know, I don't know if we want to talk about the, the Rockets guys, um, but like Usman Gruba is somebody that I would be excited if they kept. Yeah, I agree. Because I, I think offensively, he's nothing like Chat, but defensively, I think you could almost, you know, have like a backup quarterback type situation where if Chat misses, 10 games or something, you could have Gruba play a lot of minutes and you can kind of keep your structure the mm-hmm. same. Whereas like any other backup center on the Thunder, you pretty much have to revert back to what they did last year, right? Which is like funneling the ball away from the rim. And right. it's just a different scheme. Um, so I'll be interested. I, I hope they end up keeping Gruba. If they end up offloading him in a trade where they get an unprotected pick from Miami or amend those protections, that's fine. Um, but he's 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 more intriguing to me than Ty Ty. I agree. I just don't think there's minutes for Ty Ty uh, with how no. many you know with Mitchich coming over and adding Kaysen. Um Really quick, um, this is from Joe Mazzotto. Just came out. SGA and Dort will represent Canada in the FIBA World Cup this summer. Very cool. Yeah. Um, the. The yeah, the guard situation for Washington's get for Ty Ty is gonna be tough. Um but it seems like there could be you know a path to him moving on and Oklahoma City still getting some value. Um yeah. I mean, he's a, he was a first round pick last year and played really well in the G League. Um yeah, he put up some um, some pretty good numbers in the G League. Yeah. Yeah. Play played to the point that you would you would hope a first round pick would look like in the G league for extended, especially, time. Uh, especially a Kentucky guard, right? <laughs> totally. He totally. was supposed to be, he was supposed to be in that next in line. Um, yeah. I, it, I think an interesting debate and I, I don't know that it's all that material because I, I, I don't know that either is going to make the team. Mm-hmm. Like if you had to pick one between Ty Ty and Trey, um, you know, Trey, you have a little bit more familiarity with Ty Ty. You have an extra year to play with on the rookie contract. I, I would hear arguments um, either way on that. Um, but I, to be honest, I, there's just so many guards. Like, you got to get Shea, Giddy, Kaysen, Dort. You know, Jalen's going to play some guard probably. Michich. Um, Michich. Like, it's like right out, if you think there's a spot, like right out the rotation. Like, and that's without Joe. Aaron, Aaron Wiggins is probably a, a guard, right? Or maybe he's a three. Isaiah Joe. So like, Isaiah Joe. Yeah. Who's definitely needs to have minutes. So, um, did I even say Giddy? I, yeah, say I Giddy. think yeah, you did. You did. 
yeah, you know, there's just a lot of guys in that two to three, even up to Jalen, who's a four, but really he's probably, you know, he's going to be on the ball a lot, a lot more than the average four. You know, there's just not a lot of, not a lot of minutes out there. I am excited about, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> about the idea. Like I would rather see them keep Garuba than JRE personally. Um, yeah. And I, 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 like they're going to have to, they're have to move off of a lot of players um, before, before the season starts. I don't think they're in any rush. And I think it, I think they're going to bring in a lot of guys to training camp and, and see, see what they think. Um, but I think they could take a, someone like Trey Mann, uh played well in summer league, obviously. And, get him a lot of run in the preseason and try and boost his value um, for a team that might've, might've had an injury or, or wants to get, get him uh, in the building for, for his last year on, on his, on his rookie deal. Um, he, he's such a Washington wizard. I know I said that last time, but like he's like, where is, how is he not a wizard yet? This is crazy. I guess he's hurt though. I mean, he's, you know, he's out for the rest of summer league with an injury. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know the timeline of like, I assume he'll be ready for preseason. Hopefully so. But didn't, uh, didn't they say just a couple weeks or am I thinking of someone? No, I, no, I just don't. That That's very possible. I just remember it was, uh, it was, I don't remember seeing a timeline. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, he, he, I think he played well enough in summer league so far that, if if you were you know even a little bit in on him before you still probably feel the same way um yeah i mean he's he's at least a stock neutral maybe a little bit of a stock up um i just you know i just think the we we just read off the roster like it's it's too much of an uphill battle like if they didn't bring mitch over and they did you know if they drafted taylor Hendrickson or grady dick instead of Kaysen, then like there's a lot more runway there um but it's just tough to to justify even having him on the fifteen man roster. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of um? We the name we didn't mention was was uh, Bertans. Do you think these? Yeah. How are you feeling at this point? Do you think there are still maybe some some minutes for him? Yeah, I think he's definitely going to be on the team um, because his contract is is valuable. Unless they find somewhere else, you know, unless they want to get value somewhere else and they ship them off. Although I don't know, I've seen some conflicting things about whether or not that would be legal. But to get to your point, um, I think there will be some nights where he plays, most nights not, um, just because of how, you know, the forward rotation is also pretty deep, especially if, you know, I've been penciling in Jang for like 15 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. just based on like he was a lottery pick last year and you have to give him the chance to develop. If he's actually like earning those minutes plus more, it gets really tight at the forward spot. Um, you know, Jalen's going to be playing at least 20, 25 minutes a night at the four, if not more. Um, Kenrich is going to have some minutes there. I think they'll probably prioritize Poku. Um, and then I guess some sometimes shadow play at the four, maybe if they want to get see him and you know him and Jalen may play together sometimes out there. Jalen uh, Arkansas, Jalen Williams, Jay Will. Uh, but guys are going to get hurt, right? Like I think Bertans is going to play at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mark, you know, Mark's no stranger to an eleven man rotation. 
or a 13 man rotation if he, yeah. if he has to be. So if, if he's going to be a super matchup dependent guy, uh, and I, I mean, if I set the over under for you at like 35 games, what would you take? I think I'd take the under. I think so too. And like, maybe he ends up as part of like the garbage time crew. Um, mm-hmm. And so he goes over. So maybe yeah. a better, maybe like 400 minutes would be a better, a better metric, a better line there. I don't know. I just I'd, I'd probably that, take the under. If they're still, if they're still like really in on, on Kenrich Williams off the bench, like I think he's going to play a lot of minutes. Like a no, lot, at least twenty, in, right? A lot is in like, as in like, uh, like a good, like a regular, like a mainstay off the bench type minutes. I don't think it's going to be insane, but like, I, I don't think that's going to be that. There's going to be a ton of minutes for someone like Bertans, unless they're just very intentional and tell Kenrich like we there are nights that we're going to need to get this guy on the floor, um, and and it's not that those are the only two options he he can take other other players minutes no doubt yeah. uh, but uh i think the the kenrich of it all still makes Bertans minutes um you know less you know, or games played less than that yeah so last year Bertans played uh 45 games for dallas which feels high um but only like a little over 10 minutes a night. So he played 492 minutes. I, okay. I would expect it's less. Yeah. Sure. Um, maybe I, on I, nights where like Chad is resting on a back to back or, um, you know, if he's, if, if he's out for a couple games, like I could see Breton's having a bigger role in the game plan just because, yeah. you know, for spacing purposes. Um, but even then, like, I'd probably rather see Poku. There's so many guys on this team. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I mean, there's there's 21 right now, right? Yeah, there's so um, many guys. I mean, and like, I, Rudy it Gay seems it seems like Lindy Waters is going to be back on a two way. Uh, he so. was around around the team in Vegas this week. Um, Very cool. I don't know anything beyond that, but I it seems like that that may be happening. Um, I don't know anybody else that they would give that two way spot to. Who so? Keontae Johnson is going to have a two-way. Yeah. Is Jared Butler the other one right now? Or is he on a... I can't remember with all the shenanigans they had at the end of last season. I'm looking it up. It just seems like Jared... Someone's going to... I just feel like someone's going to sign him. Like, he's a good player. Yeah. He's been... You know, he was a bit of a chucker uh, in a couple of these games, but I, I, overall, I like, you know, he's made, he's made his share of three point shots. I think, um, he's, yeah, he's a very good two way guard. Like Phoenix could probably use him. Right. I agree. Defense first, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Um, I think he's, he fits, he fits a contender off the bench, you know, in like an emergency, like third guard, third point guard. Um, I, I think he's, I think there's, a team out there that would like has Miami like replenished guards. Yeah. I think he's someone that could play there. Um, yeah, yeah, I would, I would be, if I was a team like that, I would be interested in a guy like Jared Butler at that, at that level. Um, but yeah, I would love to see Lindy back, um, for, you know, I mean, he's too high. 
on a two way because Butler's on it. Butler's unrestricted right now. At least that's what okay. I'm. Um, I think that's right. Yeah. So they and they added another two way spot in the CBA. So there's three now. Um, so I guess if Lindy has one, then you know it could be Jared Butler, it could be Caleb McConnell, it could be somebody off the street we've never heard of, like an Eugene O'Murray type. Um, but that'll be interesting. Could be Jack White. Yeah, yeah, it could be Jack White. Speaking of uh, Eugene, uh, he's. Do you see him uh, sign with the Wizards? I did not. That's yeah, man. That was that was announced, uh, I believe, yesterday, yesterday or today. Uh, he is. Uh, he's over here in D.C. with me. You think he'll room with Trey on the road? <laughs> I'm oh being, man! I don't. I, I'm sorry. Um. All right. Anything else you want to you want to hit on? Uh, oh, in uh, the in season tournament. I wanted. Yeah, to, the mid season tournament. You've been someone who has been about it for a long time, an early adopter um of the in-season tournament idea now that you've seen the rollout and the details are you um are you i I would assume you're still in but like of what you envisioned it could be would be hoped it would be how close are we to that uh i think we're pretty close to be honest i wish there was um more of a knockout round so like right now there's only eight teams that are going to advance from the, the quote unquote quote unquote group stage. Um, but they're doing these, even these quarterfinal games and the semifinal games are a part of the regular season. And I imagine that is just a nightmare to logistically to try to plan around. I don't, I actually don't have clarity on how they're going to accomplish that. Um, so that you probably can't really do like a round of 16 as well. It may just be too many moving pieces. Um, but I would like to see, you know, these groups of, what is it? Five or six teams. Um, I think it's five. Yeah. Yeah. Five, five. And only, only one team is guaranteed to get out of each group. I need to be cool if, you know, they had two or maybe, I don't know, maybe you have 12 teams make it out, um, of, of the groups. Uh, and then you do like a, like a play in into the quarterfinal, um, but overall, like, yeah, I'm excited about, about what it's going to be. I don't see a downside. Like people are, I've seen people say like, Oh, why would the players, the players aren't going to care about this. They're, it's just on top of the regular season, right? Like there's only one game outside of the regular season standings that the players have to care about, mm-hmm. you know, and it's the final and like, you're going to get, the, you're going to get those players. They're super competitive. There's half a million dollars on the line or whatever it is. They're going to be in Las Vegas. It's going to be, you know, they're, ESPN, I think, as the broadcasting rights, they're going to, you know, dress this thing up and make it a big deal. It, the players are going to be into it for the final. And I don't think you're going to see, like, load management for these games because the NBA made a point to not put them on the second night of a back-to-back. Sounds like mm-hmm. there's going to be some that are the first night of a back-to-back, but there's no, like, you know, second night where you would see stars rest quite a bit. Um, and, again, it's part of the regular season. Right. So, like, there's no incentive to tank these games. It's not like losing these games on purpose earns you more rest in in January or in December. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's just it's part of the regular season. Um, yeah. What, what were your thoughts on it? I was excited about it, and i i think I think the the more it the the less it's a disruption of the regular season, I think the better. 
at least to start, um, like let these guys get a look at like how normal it will be um, as far as their schedule is concerned. And then, um, and then go from there. But yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm in on, I'm in on fun. Um, And I think the thunder got an interesting pod. Um, I think they're, um, you know, the Warriors are, or so I think the Kings are the favorite um, to come out. I could be wrong. One of the, it's either the Warriors or Kings are the favorite, but not by much. They're like plus 250. Uh, and then I think the, the, whoever is in second between Warriors and Kings are like plus 350. And then the Thunder are third. The uh, Thunder above the Wolves? Yes. Interesting. Um, it, yeah. I might pick the Wolves to win that. I don't know. I kind of like the Wolves. The Wolves and then the the, uh, the, the the Spurs are is it the Spurs that are the last team? Yeah, yeah, the Spurs would be last. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're going to get to host uh, Wimby before Christmas, which I mean I think that's a that's a huge win for yeah um, for a you know early regular season game that's going to have a lot of pop to it um, for 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 the for the home for the home for the home fans. It's not necessarily. Do we know for sure that they're hosting? Couldn't they be in San Antonio? Uh, I believe. Well, yes, you're right. But I, uh, I thought I saw Brandon mention that, um, that they were going to be hosting. But do we already know? I could be wrong. I don't know. They may have already announced the the home and away. I don't um, mean. To, I, was... I don't mean to throw Brandon under the bus either. I could be. I could be totally uh, off base there. Where I would like to see this go um, is I think you could expand this, and this would be a little bit disruptive of the regular season. I acknowledge that. But wouldn't it be cool if like the, like some international teams were a part of this? Like you could have like Barcelona come, you know, and or some of the, you know some of the better teams in Euroleague that would come over, and maybe just for like I don't know how you would structure it logistically, but like for a couple of weeks, you know, they're going to play however many games do pool play uh, all these teams from Europe are over here. And that's just what the NBA is for a couple of weeks. And then you cut it down. And then maybe from then it's a little bit easier to, um, to kind of bake it into the schedule. But I think getting other teams involved, you know, from, from Europe would be cool. And then, you know, they could also do maybe even include like some, some G league teams. Um, and maybe that would be an opportunity for, you know, NBA teams to kind of re- that, that in those rounds, if you're playing a G league team, like you would rest Shay, right? Like, cause you, you think you could beat a team like that. Like we see that we see that in soccer in these types of tournaments where like a premier league team will be playing a team in, like the third or fourth division. They don't play their starters in the FA cup, right? Which is the equivalent of, of what this is modeled off of. Um, or even like here domestically in the U S there's a tournament called the U S open cup. Uh, which is MLS teams and USL teams are all involved in it. And like a USL team actually made the final a year or two ago um, of, of the US Open Cup, beat some MLS teams. I think having a dynamic like that would be pretty cool as well. Do you like do you like the semifinal and final in Vegas? Um if that gets the players to to care more about it and it gets butts in the seats, then like I think that's I think it's great. I I think it would have been cool to have it in at MSG as well because mm-hmm. that's kind of the mecca, right? Um, but if the league wants a weekend in uh, in Vegas, 
in December. I'm, I'm not going to besmirch them for that. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a great opportunity for, you know, if it becomes the event they hope it becomes, that's such a great fan, like a thing for fans to travel to. Um, yeah. You know, a good time of the year to go there. I mean, you can't ask for, for, for right better. Than, yeah. Right in the middle of bowl season too. People yeah. Go you, down that. yeah. You get to, you get to leave, you know, for many, many, many people, you get to leave the cold and, and go to Vegas and, uh, some, pretty prime time um for weather and for sports um could be could be really sweet and you get to see the yeah. sphere how about that thing um surprised <laughs> they're not playing inside of it um the uh, <laughs> but for real it's so sick <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not popping it so sick is that where the a's are gonna play <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine but the one of those huge <laughs> one of the like 1.2 million led uh, lights gets gets busted by a by a foul ball or a home run ball. Um, so yeah, I'm in on the end season tournament. I'm in. I'm I'm hoping it. Uh, think, hoping it goes well. I think for the Thunder specifically, it's going to be fun because like, and this is how it works in soccer. Like, it's just something else for you to chase, right? Like, there's only one team that can win the title, and winning the midseason tournament is not going to replace that. But it just, it just gives you, you know, something else to kind of track throughout the year. It, you know, another team gets to feel, or another team's fan base gets to feel good about themselves for another few weeks. And maybe, you know, it's sometimes the same team wins both and that may happen too. Um, and that's going to be, you know, that is a cool achievement in itself. Uh, it's called doing it, doing the double is how they say it in, uh, uh-huh. in Europe. So maybe, uh, maybe the Thunder can be the first team to do the double. Um, fun. who, who do you think they, uh, end up naming the, the NBA cup after? I mean, it, everyone thought it was going to be David Stern, right? Um, I think David Stern would make sense. I think Kobe would make sense. Um, I mean, it's Adam Silver's trophy, like eventually it should probably be named if, if they're still playing this thing in 40 years, it should probably be the, the silver cup. Um, Who's the most who's the most random name they could that they could call it? You know what they should do, Ryan? I I'm glad I, I just thought of this. The the MVP of this tournament, this first tournament, should that that should be the name forever. <laughs> That's the incentive. Like you your name like whoever wins MVP of this first NBA Cup. It could be the Carl Anthony Towns trophy. Bro, that time. is the first name I thought of. That, I, was, that, I was just about to say that. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's a great. I'm in on that idea. I'm so in on that let's idea. Let's do it. Call it into the league. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, there's so many, so many great options, but I don't know. I don't think anything's going to top Carl Anthony Towns. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Especially oh be, just for like, how he stands within league circles and um, like, especially like, yeah, players aren't going to care. So of course it's going to be named forever. The Carl Anthony towns. <laughs> hey, you said he wanted to change. He's going to change the game. The Desmond, be, Bain, the Desmond Bain. <laughs> <cup>. <laughs> uh, but like, you know, it would be cool if, uh, you know, the Spurs could make a run at this, right? Like, Oh, 100%. I mean, even in year one, 
win. Like, you got to win. What, you got to win like seven games? I haven't done the math. Did you see the, the Did you see the Spurs win total? No. Do you want to Do you want to guess? Uh, twenty eight. 30, 31 and a half. You know, it seems high, but they do have pro- probably have two top 50 players. So I kind of get it. Yeah, I, th- I think Wemby and, Vis- and Devin Vassell are both probably top 50. He is such um, a blind, he is such a blind spot for me. Vassell. He's really good. He was on my fantasy team last year. He's, he's really good. <laughs> I hear people like, uh, as far as like people I hear talk about Devin Vassell and like love him. And I, I don't have any feelings because I just, I just haven't watched enough, but like I, as of like, I remember watching him more his rookie season and being like excited about his, him as, as a shooter, but people talk about him. Like they rave about Devin Vassell. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know that he's ever going to be like an all-star, um, which I guess if you're a top 50 player, you're you're approaching that. Um, I mean, he averaged 18 and a half last year pretty efficiently. Good defense. Um, now, the issue is like their third best player is probably Kelvin Johnson, who might be the worst third best player in the league. <laughs> no, Outside no, of no maybe love for something Sohan? in Washington. No love for Sohan? I mean, I would, you know, I like, I, Jeremy Sheldon's fine. Um, but like, probably same, right? Like, just a lot. Who's on Washington's roster? Like, (laughs) Trey Jones is good. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I thought that when I saw the win total, I was like, gosh, that's a lot of wins for, yeah, for the, for the the Spurs. But like, the, I mean, the Blazers are going to be bad. Uh, let's let's end with this the play the teams if we're really wanting to see the rockets who are also right around 31 and a half for uh for their projected win total right now um if we're hoping to see that rockets pick in the top 10 but obviously convey outside the top five who are the teams that you're looking at that are going to be below them. The Wizards, um, probably the Spurs. Um, right. I mean, well, Portland, of course, uh, and Charlotte. I think those are my four. You think Indiana's uh, around the same? Um, maybe a little better. Yeah, I think they're probably better than. In Houston, right? Miles Turner. I mean, I Halliburton is just so much better than anyone that Houston has, um, pending a Jalen Green leap or something. Um, but like, I mean, Buddy Heald comes off the bench for Indiana. Buddy Heald's really freaking good. Yeah. So, are um, you um, are you optimistic then about the about their pick? Oh, yeah. I think so. Because um, that's not know, a lot of teams. That was it's four, not and look, they teams. could they could end up eighth in the odds and, and jump up. I mean, those lucky son of a guns have, have <laughs> just been crushing the lottery lottery night for you'd sign up now. you'd sign up for eighth and eighth best yeah, odds, right? Heck yeah. I yeah, mean, I think that just yeah, sounds yeah, yeah. that just sounds phenomenal. 
I mean, if they want to be the worst team in the league and give us another coin flip, I would take it. Like, right? Like, yeah. the best they can get is basically a, a 48-52 shot. Um, if they want to, and Detroit found out this year, you know, you, you mess around and find out, you can I'm thinking, give about, the, I'm thinking the about the line graph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Houston's uh, going to be on the on the business end of that line graph uh, yeah. if, 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 they're, if they're not careful. Um, of course, like next year's draft is not great, but like you give Sam Presti the fifth pick in any draft, um, I think I think you're going to come out okay. What and there tra- are some powerful what a trade asset that draft. would become. Well, I, I would I would just make the pick. I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. unless Jang unless Jang like really explodes and it's like okay, that's our power forward of the future. There are some there are some really fun forward prospects in this next class. I would I would be either staying at five or trading up. I think. I was gonna say like I I think as a trade asset like imagine their ability like how you know potentially easy it would be to get into like the top two with all the stuff they have. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. They may they may end up with more than one lottery pick next year if especially if Houston conveys. I don't want to push my luck. I don't want to get crazy. Yeah, let's not get, <laughs> let's not get overboard. Unless you're um, talking about the Thunder's own lottery, their own pick being a lottery pick, right? Which I I don't know. I I I wouldn't be surprised by anything. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this team was the the fifth or sixth seed, and I also wouldn't be surprised if they were eleventh. Um. I would be pretty, and I know the West is really good. I have a lot of respect for how good the West is, but I, if they're not in the, at least firmly in the plan, assuming good health from Shay and Jalen and Josh specifically, and also Chet and Dort, I guess. Like if you can, if you can get, have a marginally healthy season, I think they're going to be fine. I agree. Um, Plenty more time to talk about that. Yeah. Um, Although Vegas doesn't agree, right? Like they, I think Vegas would have the Thunder eleventh in, in if you go by win total. Yeah, I, I think I they're think tied. But the, yeah, I think they're tied with a couple other teams. Yeah, they have, they were, they have the same they were, projection. They were tenth, but then the Clippers were off the board because they might be getting hardened. So if you assume the Clippers are higher, then they'd be yeah right on the bubble. Um, interesting to see those this week. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think um, the Kings were another team that I thought were a little lower than I than I thought they would be based on how they finished or how they played all of last season. Um, West The West is just really good. Really freaking good. Yeah, yeah I would buy. I, I'm, I'm in on selling the Kings, I think. I think they probably peaked. But we'll I'm excited see. for... Uh, for more uh, lightings of the beam that I, I just enjoyed the thunder Kings games last year. Like there was yeah. a lot of like, there was a lot of like mutual love between, uh, mm-hmm. between fan bases. It seemed like a very, just a, a very wholesome environment uh, when the Kings would play the thunder. And so I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to more of that. We'll see if that holds up or if I think thunder fans are going to be, uh, going to be just so toxic this year in a, in just giving it, giving it to people. And I think it'll I think some of it will be well-earned. I, I hope we get the chance. <laughs> I do too. We, uh, 
the I just can't get over how brilliant the the beam gimmick was. Like just a was really good massive win. So cool. Um all right. We'll wrap it there. We will uh we'll have Brandon back next time. Hope he feels better. Get well soon. And uh Spencer, as always, thank you, my brother. Man, it was a blast. I'm uh, excited. Yeah, excited to get Brandon in here. We can talk more about Kaysen next week or uh, the next time we talk. Yes. See if he accepts my apology. Um, okay. <laughs> the, the Thunder play tomorrow against the Washington Wizards. I believe that's a 3.30 central tip. Um, I will double check because I do not want to give out any more incorrect information on this podcast. Yeah, I'm seeing 4.30 Eastern. 3.30 okay. Central tomorrow on NBA TV. against little matinee. Yeah, a little matinee. Nothing, nothing beats a summer af- summertime July afternoon Thunder game uh, when you just really are starving for something to watch. Getting to watch a Thunder afternoon summer league game. If you are enjoying it, you are a sicko. Welcome to the club. You have... You know, you should get a you should get a name tag and everything. Like you, you are in the club, uh, certified sicko. So enjoy it tomorrow, and we'll be back uh, next week on the Daily Thunder podcast.